Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello. Today on Thruple Talk, we are talking about the fear of loss and being replaced in relationships. This is a jam-packed episode, so stick around to hear more. We have a pretty difficult uh, subject today, I think. What there's, do you guys think? Yeah, there's so much here. Like, this could be hours and hours and hours worth of content. Yeah. I don't know about difficult, Heavy but stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Yeah. It's something that a lot of people, or if not everyone, that tries to go down this road of being in a throuple or a different relationship structure is going to encounter yes. along the way. So this is very, you know, this is the meat on the yes. bone right here that we need to get This into. is what makes it or breaks it, I think. And I think it's... Realistically, it's something that everyone experiences at some point in their relationship. If they've been in a relationship long enough, mm-hmm. I think even any kind of relationship, even monogamous, monogamous. Mm-hmm. yeah, you at some point you have insecurities and fears of yes. that you're going to be replaced, you're going to lose the one you love. So yeah, it's definitely uh, something we all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone, everybody's familiar with fear of loss and getting replaced in any kind of relationship. Even I was actually thinking about it. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be a friendship. Like mm-hmm. it happened. You're right. It, happened. Yeah, I it could be anything. That. Like your bestie is already is mm-hmm. all of a sudden hanging out with some other girl more. And like, oh my God, you know, I'm being replaced. Yep, that's true. Oh, and it, it's not something either that's uh, specific to a throuple at all. I think it. It's uh, a little bit more aggravated, maybe, but uh, yes. this is no different than in a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but on uh, in in non-monogamy, especially when you uh, include such a huge change in the structure of the relationship, that's when it's like the heaviest, the, the hardest thing to overcome. Yes. And most people can't do it. And yeah. that's when everything falls apart. Then they start to doubt, am I made for this? Or Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it definitely has... It definitely seems like it's aggravated by some huge change in your life, your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I know things changed a lot when we had kids. Um, right. Yep. There you go. Yeah. yeah I mean, change. Even, even that experience once we had children and uh, it was like I was replaced. Yes. I, was, yeah, I, actually, I, lost, right. yeah. I lost a wife and gained a mother. It's like, right. And you, I hear that all the time from couples that recently have kids. And I, I think men go through that because they're not so physically involved in the process of having children. And for them, it's not such a transformational experience until uh, they feel like a father. And all of a sudden, they, they see this huge change in the woman in their lives. And they're like, what's going on? Am I losing my wife? Am I losing my best friend? Or... Exactly. Yep. And for us, we were married for more than 10 years and I got, and we did everything together. So, you know, we're remodeling houses and stuff on, you know, always traveled together. Like he had a job where he traveled all the time and I would always just go with him on his work trips. Yes. And then, so all of a sudden we have kids and she's not helping me anymore. Now I have to do everything by myself. Now everything seems twice as hard. 
And it's like, uh, there was, there was that law. It wasn't a fear of loss. It was an actual loss of like, yeah. right. It's not, it's not in your mind. Yeah. It really is I happening. Split her up again, you know, with two other children that need her and they're very mm-hmm. needy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're more needy than me. And the squeaky, you know, wheel gets the oil. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And this is coming from Josh. Like I was very careful to not be that woman right. that was like just all consumed in my children and motherhood and like well you had your time but it's uh, yeah, all yeah. about the kids now but i will admit the kids were a lot they needed a lot more of me than right. i anticipated than um, anticipated yeah 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 i it was uh kind of shocking how much i lost myself even <laughs> especially when they were very very young it's getting a little better now yeah and I think that's uh, it's very personal. It depends on the type of person that you are and how much out there you are doing other things. But there, there are women that don't feel that is such a huge difference because they're very, very focused on being mothers. Mm-hmm. I feel like you are more versatile. You do you, you there's more sides to your personality than just motherhood. Mm. So I can see how when you had kids, all of a sudden there were parts of you that just had to be put on hold and pushed to the back, and that was shocking for you it was and especially for you josh yes so let's talk about uh, what it was like Mm -hmm. when we got into polyamory so for me the biggest fear of loss definitely happened at the initial transition from our monogamous and semi-open relationship to our poly relationship Um, so when we first started on this road i was monogamous and josh was poly um and so for him it was like i was or for me i was losing my one and only it seemed like um, especially before we knew about polyamory as i was starting to watch him fall in love with somebody else like i really thought i was i was completely losing him and that i was being replaced by somebody else um and that was just it it really rocked my whole my whole world, like it was earth shattering, like this person that I'd been with since I was 21, you know, we'd been together 15 years and I had loved it all and fully anticipated that my entire future would be built with him. And then it just, it felt like everything was just crumbling. That was a very, very, it felt like a very real possibility. Um, and it was very, just very unsettling. Um, so that was my experience with that fear of loss. But I think for Liv, it was different. Like she was coming into a pre-existing mm-hmm. relationship, but you still had yeah. your own. So as far as I can, I see it, uh, there's two, at least for me, there's two uh, parts of uh, fear and loss in, uh, in our situation. I'm going to speak strictly to us. Uh, there's one part where Char has, has a lot to talk about where she's like the original partner in the original relationship, the original couple. And then it's me coming in and I have all these new things and I have to adapt to a situation where I've never been in before. Cause I've never been part of a throuple before. And then there's you, Josh, like. I think for you is completely different again. It's something that I don't even, I mean, I'm probably, I can understand where you're coming from because I'm thinking it's very similar to my experience, but I think Shar is the only one that has a completely different experience than any of us because she was the one who was, 
I don't want to use the term, but like you're everything, right? For the longest time. And all of a sudden things just change. And she's put in the situation where like the rules that she thought were normal and like part of marriage and relationship no longer apply. Mm -hmm. And the whole world just tumbles and the whole world, your whole world just was upside down. Right? Yes. And here you are with a partner that you love. You still want to be part of his life. You still, Josh, want to be part of her life. And what do you do? How do you deal with all of that? Are you going to hate him forever? Are you going to like deny him what he wants? It's such a complex situation. If you want your partner to be happy, how do you deal with it? How do you find happiness for somebody uh, that uh, comes to you and says, uh, I know... I know you know me in this way, but I realize I'm this other way. And like, how do you deal with it? I, I think one of the things that helped me deal with it was just realizing that life is always changing, whether you're in a monogamous relationship or open relationship mm-hmm. or a throuple, um, you know, whatever the, the dynamic is, or even single, like your life is always going to change. People are going to change. Everything is just very fluid. Um, and something that I, I guess I kind of always was good about keeping at the forefront of my mind was like, okay, this is not what I initially had in mind at all. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I think that's, that's the thing that I hear so many people fall back on was like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, well, it actually, it literally is what I signed up for. I signed up to do life with this person and that means signing up to do the unexpected because we don't know what tomorrow holds you're right but everybody thinks relationship and marriage is about that peaceful like stability where nothing changes and changes and probably that's why they they're not working so many times because you just expect everything to be the same all the time so yeah. you're right. You you are on to the secret to longevity in relationship change. Yeah. Like, if we're not changing, we're not growing. Yeah. So we're not getting. We're not even becoming better partners for each other. Right. Yeah. So I definitely, I definitely had a picture of what the future would look like and should look like, and there was definitely like I don't want to mitigate how difficult it was to undo some of the wiring that had my expectations said like this is how it's supposed Mm -hmm. to look this is how it has to look Uh, that's how everybody told me yeah (laughs) yeah so there there was definitely growing pains in that area of just trying to unwire what's acceptable and what's not um, figuring out what's acceptable for me um, not what culture is saying is acceptable Um, yeah and then just realizing like this is, this is not a deal breaker for me. Right. So how do we, how do we move forward here? Right. So what was your main fear when it comes to being replaced? Because I think that's, that's the main focus for your situation. What was the main, main fear that you had? The main fear was total loss. Complete. He would just say, this is not for me Mm -hmm. and I want somebody else. Yeah. You're a, you're a mother now and I don't, I don't need a mom. (laughs) Right. I I need a partner. Um, yeah, that was, that was the fear. And I think probably some of that stemmed too from, I knew that I had lost some of myself when I became a mom or maybe not lost some of myself, but 
parts of me had significantly changed. And I know like that is not, I'm never going back to the way I was before. Right. Um, yeah. There's, there's some things that can be recovered, but you're, you're forever changed. Um, right. And there's a lot of yes. things that we face in life that forever changes. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's true. For me, it was totally different because uh, I was born polyamorous. You know, so like naturally yeah. wired that way. So for me, I didn't you watching what you were going through. I didn't understand it. I didn't think about a fear of loss because I didn't have any fear of loss because I'm just used to you always being there. And I'm also doing this other thing, but I didn't. It didn't mean like my relationship to me wasn't any less at the time. You knew your intentions had not changed. Yeah, my your, intentions had not your, changed. I wasn't falling in love with a new person to fall out of love with you. I was still yeah. in love with you. I, our I mean, in my eyes, our relationship was better than it had ever been. So it was just an addition to, mm-hmm. you know, as I was dating and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I never got to experience this, you know, fear loss that you were live did until, you know, later on when, after, you know, a year into us, you know, being a thruple. And we, when we originally came together, we were more of like a V setup and that worked really well for me. I was like, oh, this is great. But over time, you guys, you know, you guys have become friends and then, kind of moved past friends and then became something more than friends. And next thing you know, you guys have a relationship. And at first I was like super, um, uh, you know, I had a lot of compersion and I've never felt that before. I like heard the word I'd seen Shars had compersion and lives had compersion. I'd never had compersion. So for mm. me, it was more theory. Then I finally experienced it. I was like, I actually really liked it. I was like, Oh, this is, you know, it's fun to set up date nights for you guys or stuff for you guys to do and, and be able to experience that. And I'm watching, uh, NRE and your guys' relationship and you guys buying gifts for each other. And I thought it was all great. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden I have a bad week and it's not great anymore. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I have a bad week and I need support and I'm in a bad place. And, uh, and I feel like I'm watching you guys with your NRE and you guys have your little inside jokes and you're laughing. I come in a room and you guys are giggling about something I don't know anything about. And now all of a sudden mm-hmm. I feel like I'm excluded and I was on the outside. Yeah, you feel like you're not part of the, the, the team anymore. Yeah, I'm not. And I, it put me in a position where I felt like um, you can come back and join us, but not till you're better. You know, when mm-hmm. you're when you're ready, mm-hmm. you're, you're at your full, you know, otherwise we'll leave you behind. And that's where the fear of lost. And then, you're, you know, you do this mental spiral you're like oh no what if what if their relationship becomes so much better than the relationship i had right. with them and, mm-hmm. comparison yeah, yeah can you I start? Find, I, comparison is the worst thing you can do every time i think about fear of loss or replacement or is this every time it comes to comparison if i'm going to compare my relationship with you with my relationship with Shar or your relationship with Shar it's going to be bad yeah. because there's no such thing as comparison unless you have this perfect ideal throuple where everybody has the exact same age the exact same experiences and they come together as a throuple there's never an original couple to begin with Mm -hmm. which is rare i mean i'm not saying it's impossible but i don't think that's I've, i've never heard of such a thing yes and unless you have that you always have somebody that's a little uh 
older or more experienced, or they've known this person for a longer period of time mm -hmm. and they know what makes them tick. And here you are, like I'm talking from my experience when I joined uh, your relationship and I see, uh, for example, you're having like you're you're having a day when you're upset, mm -hmm. and I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but Sharon knows exactly what she's supposed to do when you're upset. You know, she knows what makes you feel better. Or, and here I am, like, oh, I I I'm completely out of it. While if it would have been just you and I, you would have put your entire needs. Uh, you would have you would have put them on me. You would have expected me to make you feel better. You would have given me the tools to make you feel better. In this situation, you didn't do that because you already had it from her. Mm -hmm. So I felt that I was just extra for a while until I realized what what is it that makes you, you know, like be in a better place or whatever. And uh, it gets better in time, but at the very beginning, if you're going to compare. Um, if I was going to compare my relationship with you, with your relationship with Shar, I would have always come up short. Mm -hmm. It was, oh, I would, it would have been a loss at all times. So you just have to keep your eyes on the prize and understand that's part of the reality of it. Don't expect anything different. And at some point, everything's going to balance out and you're going to get to a place where you don't feel like you're extra anymore. Mm -hmm. I do think you're extra just for the record. <laughs> She's very extra <laughs> in all the best ways. <laughs> but when I was in that, you know, that place, your brain starts playing games with you and you're like, I'm thinking, oh, I'm being, maybe I'm being replaced. That fear of loss comes in. And you're like, well, there are two women. They communicate better. I can't communicate on the level they communicate. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking around at the gifts I saw that were cute before. Now they're not cute anymore. I'm like, they buy each other better gifts than I can buy or, or that I get, you know, it's like, cause they know each other and you know what they're into and they're like, oh, We're into the same stuff. stuff. Yeah. Oh, I like astrology. Oh, you do. Is it a blood? I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm like out in the garage dealing with tools and crap. And guys, so I don't know what's We're going on. We're doing rituals in the backyard, <laughs> yeah, praying to the moon gods. <laughs> I'm like running from, a, I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so you see all this stuff and you're in this place like, ah, you know, it doesn't seem, you know, you're like, how how can I compete with this? Mm -hmm. You know, and then you feel like, what if I got left behind? You know, and I'm mm -hmm. the poly, I was the one that was originally born poly ever. I like, made oh. this, made yeah. this a, a reality and yeah. now you guys are kicking me to the curb. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> like, but well, I mean, once you realize that's not true and you're in a better place, you're getting the support and everything, all of a sudden it goes, everything goes back. You're like, I actually um, enjoy conversion. You know, mm -hmm. I, I find it when you guys are spending time together doing stuff, I actually enjoy and I feel happy for you, especially if I set it up. And just to prove that point, I got you guys two tickets to the ballet to go see Dracula in Dallas this Saturday. What? This Saturday? <laughs> and there's a hotel right downtown, just down there. Last two tickets I could find together on the orchestra floor. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> So I do enjoy compersion, <laughs> just for the record. Wow. <laughs> when you set it up. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. I am amazed. Thank you. <laughs> it's 8 p.m. Okay. It's a date. Very fun. <laughs> God. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Back to what we were talking about. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Something that really helped me with coming to terms with things and moving forward in a healthy way was accepting that 
there are certain things that are going to be lost. Uh, like Liv was mentioning earlier, and even Josh experienced, like you're no longer your significant other's one and only. Um, and that's something that in this dynamic, you're never you're never going to undo that. Liv never had that where she was Josh's one and only or my one and only. Um, so just realizing that there are certain things that you're going to have to let go of and you see that for what it is, you accept it and you let it go. You stop grieving over it. Um, don't have pity parties about that stuff, but don't deny it either. But then instead of focusing on that, look at what you do have. Like for me, gratitude practices was a huge thing, like gratitude meditations and journaling and stuff like that. Like just what do I have? And then especially what are new things that I have that I didn't have in our relationship before? Yes. So it's, that was huge for me. Um, like I have another amazing life partner. I have a better support system. Our Josh has a better support system. The kids have a better support system um, just all around. So even something kind of trivial somewhat that was kind of a bigger deal in the beginning was uh, not having Josh in my bed every night. Um, that was that was weird and that was kind of hard to get used to. But after a while, like, okay, well, this is some me time. I I've always been terrible about taking me time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, well, I can just go to bed early. I can take a bath. I can watch something, you know, movie or TV show that I know Josh would never <laughs> want to watch. Uh, so you know, just just finding finding the the new things that you have. So would I still love for Josh to be in my bed every night? Of course. Do I love the me time? Yes, I do. So you know, the recognizing the the give and take. Yes. I think it was something too Liv said in uh, the last podcast that kind of stuck out to me was about the uh, knowing things are going to come back around, you know? So it's like that, that loss. Good of, or bad. Uh, yeah, good. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, you know, like if I set up a date night, like I did that, you know, the other night when you guys went out to, and uh, did I want to go out? Of course I want to go out. You guys went to new club bars and stuff like that uh, that I'd never been to and they sound cool, but I stayed back, you know, and it's like, but I know it's going to come back around. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like I lost out. You know, I don't get the FOMO. You know, you have, you have FOMO, but it's not like, you know, you know, my night's coming. It's like, you know. Yeah, you don't right. think this is it. I'm never no. going to enjoy this. And you get, it's back to the conversion thing, I think, too. It's just happy for you guys. You guys get mm -hmm. a good night out. You guys come back more relaxed, happy. You know, I think it's it's good all the way around. Yeah. I think it's important to note, too, that you can absolutely have compersion and FOMO simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and, that's true. And I don't know if, I guess some of our listeners might not know what compersion is, Um I guess the best way I can describe it is it's when you find joy in your partner's joy and that they're doing something. So even if you're not actively participating in the fun thing, it makes you happy just knowing that they are getting something that fills them up. Uh, so for me, I did have compersion oftentimes, but I would still have the FOMO or I guess it's not just fear of missing out. Most of the time it is you, you are actually missing out on something. Um, but you can kind of be sad that you're missing out, but also happy that your partner is getting right. that, that wonderful thing. I kind of cheat a little bit at it because I'll, I will plan things I don't want to do with you guys. <laughs> like I don't want to go to the ballet. <gasps> with, uh, 
You know? <laughs> I'd like Dracula, but and it's probably cool, but I can easily miss out on this one. <laughs> so, for me, that's easy. No, there won't be very little FOMO here. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that helped me, kind of a, a tool I guess I used to get to a more secure place again, was just realizing that my security was not Josh's responsibility or now is, you know, it's not Liv's responsibility. Cause I think in the initial kind of, um, aftermath of that transition from a mon monogamous relationship to a polyamorous relationship, I kept looking to Josh like, okay, you're the polyamorous one here. Like you're the one that kind of changed the rules, so to speak. So the burden, I felt like the burden was on him to bring me back to an okay place. And I kept looking at him like, all right, what are you going to do to reassure me and to prove to me that I'm still everything to you that I was before? Uh, when in reality, he hadn't done anything to show me that I wasn't still that same person to him. Um, so I, I needed to make the change in my own mind. It was the burden was on me and I had to do a lot of introspection, like, okay, what is it about myself that makes me a good partner? Like Liv was saying earlier, like the cap, that comparison will kill you. So I found myself comparing <laughs> myself to Josh's other partner or, you know, all these other people like that could be potential partners. And I had to stop that and like, okay, what is it about me? Okay. Maybe uh, there are things that that other person has that I don't have, but what am I bringing to the table? Um, and why should he want to have me in his life? And why do I want to him, him in my life? Is it purely selfish or, um, you know, just looking at it with very honest eyes and, you know, mm -hmm. it's a lot of introspection and, and growth and just I have a question about fear of complete loss for you, Josh. Okay. Cause it came to me like when we were talking about it, like right now, mm -hmm. uh, cause you didn't know you were, you were, you didn't always know you were polyamorous and at some point you discovered that you're polyamorous and that changed everything for you. Yes. Was there any time that you thought this is who you are and how prepared were you to be true to who you are at the expense of losing Shar? What if she would have said no? Um, yeah, I think. Because yeah. that was your main, mm -hmm. like the That's loss. That yes. was the loss. You could have lost her exactly. if you were to be true to the polyamorous yeah. side of you. Well, I'll back it up to say that, uh, you know, I always felt I polyamorous, but I never knew what that was. I never, you know, right. it always, it was something natural yeah, in right. me. And then one day somebody told, said the word polyamorous to me. I was like, what is that? And they told me, and I was like, it was like a light bulb. It's like, oh, there's a definition for this. Right. And but, it's not a ugly, bad thing. You know, it's like, Right. You know. it's, you're not a freak. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's, there's other people like you. But that was your choice right there. Shar could have said no. Yes. And, but that's the thing. It's like, but because, you know, that's who I am. I'm like, I honor my commitments. Right. I made a vow. And we got a wedding day. I told her, you know, for better or for worse. And I, you know, I told her it was always her choice. Like, but I can only assume how you felt. And I, I don't know if I would have had the courage to just come up to my partner for so many years and say, hey, this is who I am. Because that partner could say, well, if you're that freak, mm -hmm. and I'm using that term, and like, I don't think that, but if you're that person that feels that way, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Yeah, That is so risky. It is. It was very risky. And uh, 
I wrestled with it for a long time. Right. Like, I, I, I knew, like so after hard. I knew, I almost had to say it out loud to her to believe it myself. Right. Because mm-hmm. I didn't even want to admit out loud. I really did not want to be polyamorous. Like even though right. the light bulb went off and I realized I was that, I felt kind of yucky inside about it. Like, it's right. like oh, like, you know, I, there's something wrong with me. It's yes. Like, and then I imagine it's like, then it kind of hit me later. I was like, that must have been what it felt like, you know, to be gay, you know, to have to come Right. When you're not, you, you know, society will not accept you. Exactly. Majority of society will not accept you. So you have to be true to yourself and like say, hey, here yeah. I am. And the hardest things, what I've discovered in my life was I went through relationships is like, you care about that other person thinks, mm-hmm. what, what that other person thinks. And you care to such an extent that you're going to fake who you really are. And then when I got older, I realized, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm creating this persona for this other person that I think they're gonna accept, but that's not who I really am. So do they really love me or do they love this image that I have created of me for them so they can be comfortable in what it is that they say to themselves and they can live with themselves? Exactly, but I think I, for me, I already had made the commitment. You know, it's like right. no one held a gun to my head. I made a choice. Right. And that this is me. If I, you know, if she said, no, that's not what we're doing. It's like, I'm not going to renege on the commitment I made. No. Right. You and know, I, so. I got that from you from the beginning. But you did, you did risk the relationship by telling her you are this way because she could have just said, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. I you suppose, never, you yeah. never saw that. I, I mean, I, it was a danger, but for me, it was like, I'm telling her who I am, but it doesn't mean I have to act on that. You know, yeah. I could, you know, I will stay, I will be a polyamorous person that stays in a monogamous relationship right. if that's what we have to do. You yeah. Know? But she's also not the type of person I know her. Like, she's not the type of person to, you know, do right. that. So I just, the risk felt, you know, le- it was a huge thing, but it was, it was. Uh, it was a risk I was willing to take. Yeah. Right, and you're, because you're so genuine, but I, I think, and why I'm pushing this, I think there's a lot of people out there, and I know I was that person before I got older and wiser, that uh, I had a different notion of who I am and what I wanted in relationships, but I hid it because I was concerned that not only society, but my partner or my best friends or my family would not agree with it. So I just, mm-hmm. I just hit it for the longest time. And I think a lot of people are in this situation, like you yes. say, being gay and you're being closeted and you're not telling anybody because they're just going to think of you differently. Yeah. Well, I think I've, I've heard both of you say multiple times, I'm the realest person you've ever met. Yes. So yeah. like, I don't care what people think. I'm always true to myself. Right. Authentic. Authentic. Yeah. yeah. But I did want to touch on that because I think a lot of people have issues with, with voicing who they really are. I've always been somebody who's radically honest mm-hmm. and uh, it gets me in trouble. Yes, it but, does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the way I like choose to live my life. You know? Yes. So and I'm not going to change a thing. I think when, I think what you're getting at here is like, did Josh fear losing me when he came out? Yeah. As yeah pretty much. Yes. And I don't, think correct me if i'm wrong here josh but i don't think that really was a fear i think his biggest fear was like that i wouldn't be okay with the polyamory and that i would just be like no like i just say no i don't want that to be a part Mm -hmm. of us i want to go back to how we were but i don't think at least at that point he worried about me just leaving like i'm i'm done like if this is who you are yeah whereas i do think that there are some people that can't that that mm-hmm. would we do that would yeah. leave their partner yeah. like either one like right. I, it's very I'm poly and I have to I have to practice that 
you're on board or you're not, or people who are like, I'm mono and I have mm -hmm. to practice that mm -hmm. get on board or not. Like, no, I think Josh expected me to be like, he, not that he expected me to be one way or the other, but he knew that was a possibility that I could be like, no, we're, we're monogamous. Right. We're and if that. she had said, no, I wouldn't have done. He would have respected it. I would have respected, just, would have respected yeah. that decision. And I always and, knew that. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't have that fear. We had a great relationship. But at the time, I was just very miserable because I knew I was missing something. And it was uh -huh. nothing to do with her. I wasn't yeah. miserable with her at all. I thought our relationship was great. But I needed something else. And I didn't know what it was at the time. And as soon as she gave me permission, you know, just, you know, then let's do this. She was like, not only did she give permission, she got super supportive about it. And I started dating. And I took off like a rocket. Like uh -huh. once I started meeting people and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had some good... I was dating some good people and I, the changes I saw myself, the growth mm -hmm. I experienced so quickly. Yeah. It was like all the things that changed about me and made me an even better partner for her. You know, she got to enjoy all of that. She experienced all of that. And even in our, if I was in a relationship where I had some NRE is like all that spilled over too into our relationship. So, mm -hmm. um, I think her making the, you know, that leap of faith with me and jumping in like it reward, she was rewarded for it in the long run. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Again, like you, you see the losses for what they are, but you gain things as well. So yeah, when, as long as I was focusing on what I was gaining and what he was gaining, because like he said, like the things that made him better ultimately made our relationship better. So it was huge. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, this is, it, it's from person to person because it's, that's the thing that for myself too, I was raised and I think everyone I know, everyone in this world, I mean, not in this world, but in, in our in our society, like in the Western world, uh, we were raised to think that we're supposed to be everything for our partner. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, polyamory, non-monogamy, it just changes everything. You're put in front of like a situation where uh, you're not supposed to be everything for the other person. And even if I, I'm, I'm thinking of myself back, like maybe 10 years ago when I was just kind of figure, figuring my way out in the non-monogamous world, like it's, it makes so much sense that you're not everything for a person. I don't want to be everything for somebody. Mm -hmm. Like it's exhausting. But then at the same time, I'm thinking if I'm not everything for my partner, that makes me a lesser, a lesser human being that it's not worthy of, you know, all his time and attention or her time and attention. Mm -hmm. And they need to go outside of the relationship to feel fulfilled. So this is something that I, for me, it's society that pushes, pushed it on me. I don't, I didn't know any other way mm -hmm. of being in a relationship. Yeah. But it was natural for me to be different from my perspective. And then when I was put in the situation of being uh, with a non-monogamous partner from another perspective, because it's easy for you to say, and I've seen that a lot in non-monogamous couples, when one of them feels very comfortable about dating, but the other one, but they don't feel comfortable about their partner dating. Mm -hmm. So you're like, like what's going on there? And it's not, it, I'm not even talking about uh, needs or rules or whatever, they're just simply not okay with not being everything for that other person. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a an ego thing. It's a society thing. It's just, it's a lot of, a lot of things. 
Yeah, ego is something that definitely comes up over and over yeah. again. Um, I think for this dynamic, it's it's simpler for me because I, I understand it's like there's some things that you need from me. Right. You need, you know, the divine masculine. You need the masculine energy. And sometimes you need things from Char. It's, you know, you need that feminine energy. And I can't provide that. So it doesn't, for me, it's not a, um, you know, it's very simplified. Right. But if I... Um, to tell you, because that, that could be like, I could have girlfriends, mm -hmm. you know, and say, I need to be with the girls today. Mm -hmm. And if I, you should be able to understand that. You shouldn't expect to be my entire world. And if you're not, to feel like you're lesser. Mm -hmm. But do you agree that we are pushed, it's pushed on us to think that we have to be everything for our partner. Absolutely. I yes. see it all the time. He's my best friend. Mm -hmm. He's the whatever. The She's the one. She's yeah. everything. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and how many of us actually realistically have that relationship? Not on social media, but really mm -hmm. behind the social media posts. Yes. How many of us have that relationship where, where the everything and everything's just perfect? Like I... Yeah. It's actually it's, the opposite. Once yeah. we start, start to spend too much time together, it's like, I hate the right? way you I, breathe. Yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're trying to do this, uh, how we're expected to do it, and it, we fail monogamously and non-monogamously mm -hmm. because m maybe, and just maybe, we are very versatile beings that have very varied needs and we need this and this and this, and it doesn't all have to come to you, the partner. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's just more to it. Absolutely. It's not always necessary. It has to be relationship either. Like you mentioned friends and stuff. It's like sometimes right. we just need outside stimulus, like just right. to new conversations with new people to spark new ideas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're very relational and communal. Like we, we need that. We need our tribe. Yeah. That's exactly what I was I was thinking about. I was going back, like we used to live in a tribe. It was a small tribe, like I don't know, I'm gonna like fifty people. I'm just gonna say it. But I feel like those people were not so uh strict in their relationships as we are now. I'm not bring up the Mayans. I think no. <laughs> no. But I think they were they had more uh, versatile types of relationships. I'm thinking. In a tribe, I don't think there was necessarily like marriage or, you know, I think everybody kind of lived organically and got whatever they needed from anyone. And it was just, just a happy place. It, but yeah. now we're just so many of us. We don't have a tribe anymore. It's just. Well, we got to this point, too, where we're all, you know, we all live in the suburbs. We live in our house. Yeah. You know, we we can go all the way to the moon, but we don't know our neighbor, extra neighbor's yes. name. Yeah, we just, stay inside our house. We stay on our internet. About that the other day about the gym. We go to the gym. There's so many people on such a small square footage. Yeah. We don't look at each other. Nope. We act like the other person doesn't exist. So we're not like in, like infringing in the other person's space or whatever. You don't want somebody looking at you weird. Yeah. And we're still, still, still so close. We have our headphones so on. So far away. The only time I look at somebody <laughs> is to give them the eye like you've yeah, been on that long them. enough. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> Yeah, we are we are very communal, and I mean, there's even that saying: it takes a village to to raise a uh -huh. family, to raise kids. Like, and we don't have that village anymore. Like, the nuclear family is that's all you see. And when we say nuclear, like it really is. It like it's just uh -huh. us. So it uh, it definitely feels like it's not the way that we were designed to be. Like we're trying to adapt to it, but the further we get from that 
community, the more empty we all are. And we're not designed to be. Right. Anybody's one and only. Oh. I think the whole house thing, that's a recent thing. And I remember reading a while back. You World used War to live in, you know, the farmhouses and yeah. you lived with your grandparents and parents and every mm-hmm. you know, just kept building onto the house. And then all of a sudden they came up these, you know, early fifties like subdivisions where it's like one bedroom or you know, four bedroom, one bath, one car garage. You can now afford to have your own and it's just grown and grown. So now we live in these four thousand square foot houses. So we don't leave to leave so we don't need to leave the house anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to be here. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, we're separated from everybody. Yep, exactly. Grandparents are not on site anymore. Everybody lives somewhere else. There's no, um, you know, it's hard to find the babysitter and who's going to watch the kids. And mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It's very different. Shall we wrap yeah. it up? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think this was a very thick subject. I could speak about it for like a long, long time. And I don't feel I even, I even scratched the surface, but. Yeah, more episodes to come. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll circle back many, many times to this subject. Yep. The yes. next week, next week's subject is related: the unwiring, hardwired monogamy. Yes. Oh, different topic, but yes, some of the same stuff. See you guys next time. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.